I'm Marty Dodson. And I'm Clay Mills. Welcome to Songtown on Songwriting. All right, all right. We got a very special interview for you today. I'll be talking to Thomas Miser and Curtis Moore. They wrote the original music for the big hit TV series, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. And so Miser and Moore join us in the Songtown Zoom studio. We had a few little technical glitches. So there'll be a few places where uh, people froze up or we had to uh, go back to something. So I apologize for that. We're going to start you off with a clip from one of their original songs that just debuted in the last episode last week on the show. So after that, we'll dive right into the interview. Come walk with me, darling, down by the river as the night starts to fall. When the skyline starts to shimmer, Hey everybody, we're here in the Zoom studio today with Curtis Moore and Tom Miser, and they've got some really interesting stuff to talk about. They've written uh, a lot of original songs for the TV show Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which is my daughter's favorite show, so you guys made me an instant hero uh, by, <laughs> by doing this today. So, um Thanks. But I'd love to hear from you guys just kind of how you met and how the how your collaboration started. Tom. <laughs> Turn to the lyricist. Uh, we actually met in college, which we like to say was last year. Um, <laughs> but we've been working together a long time. We were paired together uh, at Northwestern University. Uh, I was a theater and English major, and Curtis was electrical engineering. So, As of course, do. we started writing songs. Makes sense, yeah. <laughs> that's exactly oh, what right. happens. But uh, there's a student-written show there that uh, gets uh, uh, has a huge history. And we started writing for it. And a, uh, a really um, a wonderful alum named Larry Grossman, who's a longtime songwriter, Broadway, TV, original music director of The Muppet Show. I mean, he's just the best. And uh, he heard some of the stuff and was like, you guys should really be, you should really be songwriters. And we blame him for everything. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's a real blessing that we've been able to work together for so long. You know, I mean, it, we all, everybody works with other people and stuff, but, but Tom and I have been able to sort of really uh, just hone our craft, but also hone our friendship and our collaboration and our business partnership for many, many, many year, decades. Um, Sorry, I don't want to give the actual numbers away, Tom. <laughs> um, but but you know, but yeah, we've been working together, and it's it's a real um it's a real honor and privilege to be able to, to to have been able to to establish that. So you know, we have a very good shorthand with each other, and um, there's you know very little ego involved with how we sort of work on things, and it's it makes things handy and fast, especially when you're working in television. So when you have to be fast, we feel like faster than we used to. All these years of working together were sort of preparation for what we've been doing the last couple of years, because if we hadn't had those years of work, we wouldn't have been able to jump in and just trust and, and go as fast as we need to go for, for television. How much time do you typically have on those songs? Ooh, I mean, um, it was just interesting to back up a second. You know, we are we are we come from a theater world, so we normally you know, we're, we're used to working on shows for years and years and years and years and rewrites and slow, slow, slow going, you know, um, and then uh, with Maisel, you know, the, the first few songs we wrote for season three, uh, One Less Angel and Bottle of Pop, which were in the, the first episode of that, of that season, 
I think it was Tom, is this right? It was about five weeks between when we were assigned the project to when they actually filmed it. So we, you know, we had um, a week to sort of throw some ideas together uh, and get approval. Once we got approval, we did uh, some additional rewrites and fixes. Then we had about a week to do arrangements um, and uh, and then we recorded that following week. And then a week after that, it was choreographed and filmed. Um, so it was very, very fast. And and honestly, that you know, that's and it's it, this you know we're we're currently working on series uh, season five, and it's it's even some of this is going to be even faster than that. So it's um, it's it's fast. Yeah, literally any second now. If if something beeps next to us, I know. <laughs> it might be someone saying we need a song in two days. Go. So if we look glazed yeah. at this, that might be it. I guess that's the equivalent in my world of you know you you have two hours to write with Rascal Flatts, so write a hit. Right, Go. exactly. I mean, it is amazing when they say that, and, and I'd be so curious to throw it back to you, because you know, we, that was the first assignment, was Amy came to us and said, okay, we need a, a big, huge hit song for Shy Baldwin. You know, you're like, okay, great, no, no pressure. It's just his number one hit. And you know, we had to like jump into that to write it. And um, in our case, you know, the key, uh, we're, we're lucky because Amy Sherman Palladino, the creator, and Dan Palladino, her husband, they're very musical and they're very good at talking about music. Dan has an amazing music collection. Amy is a former dancer and also you know, theater background. And so they're both very musical, which is super helpful. But even so, we found it was really helpful for us to write, you know, for every song that we have in the show, we've written probably three or four, at least three or four other ones that we pitched. Just because, you know, we, we may not have written the whole song. A lot of times we'll write like a hook and a chorus you know, a verse and a like one half verse and a chorus, just just to give them like they could go this way, it could go this way, and it's very helpful I think sometimes to have that up front because it's a lot easier to talk about something that's that's tangible than it is to talk about something that doesn't exist yet. You know, you get a lot of general notes when people want something that doesn't exist. You know, a lot of like it needs to be a hit, it needs to be big. You know, but then once you actually start writing some things, like oh yeah, that's the groove, or I like that groove better, but that lyric content better, or so we can we can use that to sort of start the conversation, knowing that ha you know seventy five percent of what we write will be thrown away or put in the trunk or something, um, and then and then we hone in on on what that actual final one is. That's awesome. What was the first project you guys worked on together? Um. Was it a was it Circle Thirteen or was it a was it a song for the? Can't remember. I think, I think it, yeah, I think I. I mean, we we had written a song for the student written review at Northwestern, but the first show we wrote together uh, was our senior my senior year of college, your uh, sophomore. Sophomore. And uh, it was an ad, uh, one act adaptation of a Woody Allen short story, which no one will ever see because he, of course he did not give us the rights to get to his story, <laughs> right. but it was a. You know, it was so much fun because we were so young and sort of just eager to try. And we wrote and put up a show. Like we wrote an hour long show. I'd never done anything like that. And there's still stuff from that that I look back and, and admire, even though I would never show it to anyone. But just the, the excitement. Oh, you, it's on your demo. It's on your demo yeah, reel. <laughs> no, I mean, I think I, it's interesting too, you know, uh, you know, talking about sort of songwriting and, and Marty, I'm, I mean, your history of what the way you do it, it we, we didn't have any, any experience with what it, what songwriting meant. Like what, what are you supposed to do when you're in a room to collaborate? We had no real training in that. You know, I, I literally was going from, you know, multiple sequential serial linear algebra 
classes down to meet with Tom to talk about songwriting. And so, you know, we had we had seen some some we had a few experiences with our mentors. Larry Grossman is amazing. But otherwise, we kind of just did it on our own. It wasn't until years later that, you know, that we even learned about how some of the writing rooms worked. And when you get into a space with someone and you have two hours with with this person and then they're going to fly off to Denmark. So you better write something. And, you know, that that's all that was different for us. You know, we sort of treated it such as such a collaboration in the sense that we we would sit in the room, you know, like we sit in the room together and write. But then we'd go away and work on things on our own and work on arrangements and lyric tweaks and come back to each other. And so you know that's it's it's a it was a great opportunity to sort of get our feet wet in a in a very non-threatening non-high pressure environment yeah you the play i've been working on like i said we've been doing it for four years so we've had so many chances to rewrite you go oh that doesn't work when we see it done and that kind of stuff four so, years is like brand new in theater world like <laughs> that you know <laughs> yeah i know that's a that's a baby it's a baby. We have shows that we, I mean, there's some shows that we're still tweaking here and there that we've been working on for 20 years. Okay, let's pivot just a little bit. When you get the instructions, it's like we need a hit song for Shy, the character in the in the show. What is your thinking process to start coming up with that? Especially since it's kind of a, it's going to be a period piece, so it has to fit musically in that time period. So wh what goes through your heads when you get that instruction? Panic first, but <laughs> oh uh, no! But in a lot of ways, it was uh, diving into some research because we knew we had to fit into a world, and they used so much music on Maisel that we knew we had to sit alongside other songs of the era. And so the big thing we didn't want is someone to be watching the show and go, "Oh, that's Sinatra. Oh, that's what's this song? This clearly <laughs> doesn't fit." Yeah. So we knew we had to fit into the world of the show, and Amy gave us one bit of sort of a note, which was she wanted Shy to feel like a cross between Sam Cooke and Johnny Mathis, which if you know them, that's an enormous range. <laughs> yeah. They are nothing alike. So that gave us a real freedom to sort of create Shy as his own character. And so that was really the start. We always start from story and character, like who is this? What, what would his sound be like? Who would he, if he be if, if you could go to a record store and find a Shy Baldwin album, what's his sound? And that was the starting point. Yeah, and like like I said earlier, we did actually write about four or five songs for that moment, maybe even more, um, just because we're trying to figure out what he sounded like. You know, we we did some that were a little bit more Sam Cooke, a little more Johnny Mathis, and and like Tom said, we we you know we immerse ourselves in that in that world, and then of course it turns out that that those are all the songs that our parents listen to as well. So it's all in us. You know, we we start listening like oh right that oh right of course I remember that, and sort of you know just spending some time there. I think the other. The other thing that is is very um, helpful in it, and which really you know is is we have to give credit to the the team that puts the show together. They really respect the music process on the show more than any other thing, any other show or anything I've ever worked on. And so they give the time and resources to really get it right. So in other words, we get you know we show up in the studio and there's an we have an amazing producer Stuart Lerman who's just done everything. He's incredible and a great team of people supporting him. And we have the best players in New York. I mean, these people are, you know, you die to get to work with these people. And they're there, just there, it's just a gig and, and they're gigging out and they're amazing and they're collaborative. So you just start from a, a really high baseline 
you know, um, and, and of, of quality. And that's extremely helpful. You know, we've got the best singers, Darius de Haas's voice. Is, you know, we know him from theater world. He, we've, we've worked with him a million times before. So to get to then collaborate him on this, we, we had, a, again, a shorthand with him and getting the sound we kind of in the studio was, was really, really beneficial to have that great baseline. And then uh, because, you know, people listening, they're songwriters on a technical level. One of the things that I think that Curtis was really smart from the beginning uh, we knew we didn't know how much of the song would be on on air. Now, luckily, they used all of it. They actually did <laughs> it a two so and a half rare. minute scene, which is uh, was a shock. But we knew we wanted it to be a modular song. We wanted it to, if it was going to be fifteen seconds, thirty seconds, forty five seconds, we wanted them to be able to get to the hook quickly, get to so that it would feel like a complete experience, whether you got thirty seconds or a minute of it or whatever. And that was sort of one of the touchstones. Luckily, the songwriting of the Brill Building and that sort of era is so concise. It is, they're hook machines and it just works really well for TV because you, you don't have a lot of time and you want to tell a quick story and get in, get out, make it joyful, really melodic. And that was, those were sort of our touchstones for how to write the song technically. Yeah, and I what think, the, uh, sorry, go ahead. What was the name of that first song that you wrote for Shy? One Less Angel. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What were you gonna say, Curtis? Go ahead. I was gonna say that that the the one extra thing too about it is that the show Maisel is so it's 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 over the top a little bit. You know, it's 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 suit. They spend a lot of time making it very authentic, but everything is just turned up to eleven. You know, the costumes are authentic, but not that like some of the costumes are like really vibrant colors and the sets. The way they light it is very you know, vibrant. The dialogue is so fast and so dense. And so we wanted to also take the song. So even though we're hoping it's authentic, we also hope it's that one notch up, you know what I mean? So it's a little bit higher, higher. We've we tried to turn it up to 11, so to speak, um, with some of the stuff so that we could, we could sort of match the tone that they go for in Maisel. And then to Tom's credit too, you know, we spend a lot of time, you know, really thinking about not just writing a song, but writing it like, because we're such theater people, we're such story oriented writers, we really try to think about how can this song tell you a little bit about Shy Baldwin and the story that he's in, like this, the actual plot that's happening in The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. So we're throwing things in there that, you know, might not ultimately be as, as realistic because the song wouldn't have been tooled that way exactly if it was coming, if it came right up early. But that's part of the fun of it is we can do that to sort of create some of the magic of the TV show and feel like we're part of that process. That's awesome. Well, let's stop for a second and play one of your songs. Um, maybe Monica is a song that's going to be in the episode. Is, is that coming out like this week? Yeah, tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow that comes out. Okay, we'll stop for a second and play that, and then we'll be right back. Baby Monica swayed. She swayed. Baby Monica played. She played. Baby Monica knew you would want more if she gave less. More or less. Baby Monica prayed. She prayed. Baby Monica stayed. All right. Wonderful song. I've got a couple of clips we're going to play from others at the end. Tom, you mentioned that you're a, a lyricist. So uh, when when you're working on these songs, are, are you guys in the same room? How do, how do you start the creation process? Um, well, the first thing is I would even though I am more the lyricist, we're, we're a team and we always help each other with both sides of it. I don't play piano, so that makes things a little difficult um, for me to help with the music. I barely but, play piano, so. 
<laughs> so it, it's definitely a collaboration. Uh, it starts with story. We talk, we sit in a room first before we even hit the piano. It's about what does this moment want? What does this character want? What is the story we want to tell? And we'll work our way usually to finding that hook phrase, um, especially for Maisel. It's a lot about honing in on what that phrase is going to be and, and between the two of us deciding what that language is going to be really quickly. Um, then it'll be about passing it back and forth between us. Um, sometimes I'll go away and be inspired and write sort of like some ideas down on a page. I do a lot of walking. <laughs> I go for walks and write things down afterward. And I'll, I'll send them to Curtis and then he'll send me something back where he's set some of it or vice versa. But it's, it's a real back and forth and a feeling our way through and changing things. And one of the big things that's changed for us as writers over the, I would say the last 10 years is that it's a lot about recording it because it's so easy for us. And Curtis has an amazing voice. He can sort of sing everybody's part. Uh, he'll sing everything as we go through the process and we'll listen and you can immediately hear what lyric doesn't sit right, what, what doesn't feel right. Because especially for these pop songs, it's gotta feel effortless. So if there's anything that, just oh wow that just that the doesn't feel right we can hear it go back do another so sadly my my itunes is full of like 60 different versions of curtis singing every song we have <laughs> yeah. so you and cannot think, shuffle <laughs> i know oh my gosh you can't it's so true my, my itunes is a, it's a hilarious mess that way too but it's true i think you know we um you know evolution of songwriters i i'm i am a piano player and i play i, I play a lot of instruments but none of them particularly well and, you know, I love to just, you know, whatever I've got, I'll pick up and play around with. But it wasn't until Tom said, like, about 10 years ago that I really started to just switching over to singing everything. And it seems so obvious now. Of course, you should do that. But uh, for many years, I, I did write on the piano and I wrote melodically using my fingers and where they fit on the keys. And that created a certain type of sound. But it really wasn't until we started singing everything and every version of everything that we really could start to hear how it really lands. And, you know, it's just so important to make it feel like it fits into a voice. And, um, and 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 to, you know just to a little bit about our collaboration, even though Tom does do primarily lyrics and I do primarily music, it there's there's many times that I'm just like, hey Tom, send me what you're hearing with that, just sing it into the into a recording because I'm not quite sure what I hear what you written is, and it'll just inform me like, oh that's great, or I'll send him something back and I'll be like, look, I took your lyric, I changed it, I know this lyric doesn't make sense because I've just added a whole bunch of dummy words, but here with the rhythm I'm going for based on the phrasing you've used, and he's like, great, I've got it, and so it's a, it's a real fun back and forth, and there's a um, you know, I think that's I, honestly, I think that's also what happens if if we're in the room together, as well, you know, that's you know um, what you what a good songwriting um, session will turn into. Yeah, there are also a lot of recordings of me sort of speak singing lyrics to him in rhythm and a lot of emails back going, oh, you hear triplets. <laughs> Where did that come from? <laughs> That's great. So a lot of the times you're not together in the same room? No, I mean, we are, you know, um, we try to be as much as we can, um, but uh, it's just been nature of, of, of situations that I'm in New York City most of the time. And Tom's in Los Angeles now. And so that's so we we've been we're zooming. But to be honest, even when Tom was in New York, he was in Brooklyn and I was in Manhattan. So sometimes they're like, we can't be bothered to go into the East River. Let's just get on FaceTime and, and have a session. You know, it's it, I think we're so we're so used to it now that it's it's almost like being in the same room, even if you can't be. But we do try to um connect. I'll try to I'm out, you know, it, ideally I'm out in LA every other month and he's in New York every other month. Um this time, you know, right now, because we're in production, he's mostly here. Um, because we'll be uh, in 
you know, working on this season and that would be, and we do everything in New York. What advice would you have for people that, that want to write for TV? Cause we have a lot of people that are, um, you know, they're, they're kind of in the stage of maybe they have a, a rep that's interested in some of their stuff and they get briefs. And, and so they're just learning the process of how, how to interpret a brief and all that kind of stuff. But what tips would you give them? I mean, on a practical level, always just, you know, learn the technology so that your demos sound pretty good. It's just the nature of it is that people don't, I, I, you know, I, I, there are many, many smart people out there, but they really just expect it to sound like it's going to sound like. So I've been in so many rooms with really, really talented arrangers and writers, and they're just, they, you know, it's, it doesn't sound, I know what they're going for, but it doesn't sound that way. So, you know, learning, uh, you know, I spend a lot of time just, just making sure I can make, it doesn't have to be amazing. It just has to give the idea of what the song's going to sound like when it's done. I think that's a priority. And I think also it's helpful just to be as, and Tom will jump in on this too, like as collaborative as, as possible. So, you know, you, you obviously, when you're getting these assignments, you're not in the room with the writers. You're, 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 you've just been given, hey, they're looking for this kind of a song. And so you might go away and you spend all your time working on that song, but know that, that you don't have all the information. They don't know what they want yet. So be really flexible. And I think, you know, instead of writing, spending your time writing one or two really good things, try to write five, like try to write a lot of them really quickly so you can pick one or two and send them off and let them know, hey, I've got three more if these aren't the right direction. So you can quickly turn around and give them more. I think just the this, this, people people really respond when, when, at least in our experience, when we've been able to sort of turn things around quickly and, and don't act precious about anything. You know, I think that's the, that's one piece of advice I can give. Rose up just a little bit when you said, instead of just giving them, what did you say right after oh, that? I was saying, instead of just giving them one, uh, one song that you've, you know, you've really worked on and tweaked, that's great. And it might be amazing, but it might totally not be the angle they're going for, you know, and, and cause we, like we said, we can't know what they, people say they want one thing, but they don't know what they want until you've given them what they want. So sometimes I think it's better to sort of have three or four ideas, even if they're not fully fleshed out that you can, you can start with and be like, Oh, you know what? I bet they're, they're looking more for this. I loved that song I was writing yesterday, but this one I think is more great. Send that one and then let them know, Hey, I've got four or five other ones ready to go. If this one isn't the right one, you know, and if the, if the situation is right and they're okay with it, send them all and be like, and then that way they can, they can listen and be like, Oh, I like that. I don't like that. But wow, it's really great that this person did all that work, you know, because at the end of the day, you want to land, you want to land the job, however you can do it. And sometimes you can write the best song in the world and it's just not what they're hearing, you know, and, and you, you can't know that unless you've, unless they've been able to hear what they don't want and then they can tell you what they don't want. But at that point, you might've missed the opportunity. So, I, you know, I think having a few things in your pocket and being cool with writing more than one is certainly, a, a, especially a, specifically to your question about like, if you're getting just a blind submission or if you're, you know, because we've certainly done that and we still do that. We get asked to do demos and, you know, we'll, we'll work on one or two, you know, but often we'll work on a few other ideas, even if we don't finish them, it's just helpful to sort of have various versions. Great advice. Tom, do you have anything to add to that? You know, mine is, is more general about it, but uh, especially when you're moving from a world of writing your own songs, if you're someone who's a songwriter and, you know, you sit with your guitar or your piano and you're just writing stuff for yourself, that's great. It's a very personal feeling thing. The moment you step into a television world, you are one of collaborators for a wider piece. You are part of the storytelling machine and in a great way, you are there to serve this wider thing. 
So you have to take a little bit of yourself, your ego out of it and go in and say, I'm on a team, which is really fun. If you're used to being stuck in your writer's room by yourself all the time, now you're with a team. You get to have a whole group of people getting advice, working, we're working with a choreographer, we're working with a sound team. All these people are great to listen to and hear what's coming on. And remember, the, the next job you get is based on how you worked in that job. You are gonna spend long hours on a set. You're gonna spend long hours in a recording studio. And when they're looking at two people to choose, the person they wanna spend time with in that room is who they're gonna pick. There are a lot of talented people. Be kind to everybody in that room, be generous, show up on time, do the stuff, because that's who they're gonna to wanna to work with because TV is long and hard hours. And so you gotta have fun with the people and they wanna work with people that are kind that way. Uh, that's great advice in any aspect of the world. You know, <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you're trying to get any kind of gig, you gotta be someone that they wanna work with. Great. Well, talk to me a little bit about how it's different working in the theater world and the TV world and also any projects you've got coming up. Well, I think uh, in theater world, it, the difference is that in the theater world, they're like, you know, here's a tambourine and a kazoo. Good luck. <laughs> do you know what I mean? There's like no money. <laughs> there's no resources. And you do everything yourself, you know. Um, and then it's been such amazing working on Maisel because they'll be like, OK, we've got we've got you uh, 12 strings. And I'm like, can I have 24? They're like, mm -hmm. OK. So it's a very <laughs> different. You know, that's just not the reality of theater. That's just not what happens. Um, so a you've got you've got the resources it, and it also depends i've also worked on tv things where everything is in the box like you know it's just me sitting in front of the computer for hours and hours and hours and it's the beginning middle and end i turn it all in it's never left my you know daw you know um and so there's various levels of that you know and i think um you know you, you're you're ready for any of those um but certainly theater i think is different in that we do spend a lot more time um again we're, we're writing a larger piece we're not writing a one-off moment, so we, you know, it's 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 doubly, triply complicated to a sort of magnitude of power because every song you write have, should ultimately relate to every other song you're writing in that particular piece, and so you're constantly, you know, when you've changed one song, you have to realize, oh, we just used part of that song in this other moment, so we have to change that song. You know, I think the um, the the energy is very different, um, and. Uh, yeah, I guess Tom, do you, is there anything else? Like, I think the, the biggest change, the biggest thing is we spend a lot more time. I think we just have a lot more time in theater and a lot less money. Yeah. <laughs> in yeah. my experience as well. Exactly, uh, and I think that our theater projects in general, until they are close to being finished, which is there's no such thing as finished in theater. You keep <laughs> until it's ripped out of your hands, basically. Uh, it's our project. It's something that we will work on on our own we write the book, the story, we do everything. So it's a very personal, it is our artistic statement. It's something that we want to do for, and with TV, it is that team idea. It's the greatest thing to feel like, okay, I'm gonna jump in with a whole bunch of people, have that energy and get, get to contribute to a whole. Um, and it's sort of just a different way of looking at the songwriting. But the great thing we've learned is that the technique is the same. like story, character, when you're writing songs for either theater or TV, even if you think you're dropping in a, just a pop song, a needle drop sort of moment, thinking the character of the show, thinking the character of what's happening in the story arc, 
can help create something that actually does more lifting and more emotional lifting for the show and makes a better song. Um, I think that that storytelling aspect is is the same and what we've tried to bring. Yeah, one of the big learns for me in these past four years working on a play is just how the the book and the songs have to to work together and and deciding which job is going to be done by a song and which job is going to be done by dialogue and all that. Oh, 100 percent. It's such a it's such a skill to be able to pull that off. And the best the best book writers know that all of their best material will be stolen and put put into the song. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> you, know, you want you the most dramatic moments you want to steal or the funniest lines that a book writer writes. We're like, that's going to be a funny lyric when we steal it and put it in the song, you know, and that's the way, you know, so you, you want to have that great, that great collaboration so you could keep those, those, all those things just coming together to create an ultimately great whole. And the, the great thing about Maisel, which was unexpected, is that Amy has allowed our song sometimes to do that work on TV, which is rare. She's let the song do the work of storytelling. Um, there was a song in season three, No One Has to Know, which was the climax of Shai's character arc. And it was like a musical that he got to sing his feelings. And the same thing in season four, we've got stuff that that it may seem like it's just a pop moment, but it has character and it has motion. And for a TV show to let us do that has been extraordinary. Yeah, yeah that's a treat. Yeah, for sure. I mean, even maybe Monica, what you just listened to is, is, is a little wink and a nod to that. Yeah. So what's next for you guys? I know you're working on season five. We are. We are literally at the top of the roller coaster right now. We're looking down. <laughs> <laughs> it's about to get scary. Um, that is coming, and we are working on two stage pieces uh, in development with uh, Michael Castle Group, um, uh, a uh, stage producer. And uh, we're also, we really love what we've discovered about the TV world and how I think people are hungry for musical based TV. So we're, we've been working with a producer, a TV producer on pitching our own ideas for uh, music-based shows. So awesome. stay tuned. Yeah, and we <laughs> actually, we know, we know Amy because we were working on a stage piece with her as well. So, um, you know, hopefully we'll, when, when we all can come up for air, we can get back to that. And, uh, and yeah, Amy is uh, stuck with us. She is the best and, and we, will, we will do whatever she wants to do. If she asks us to come over and just write a song for her, uh, her birthday, we will come over and do it because she is she is <laughs> stuck with us. Awesome. Well, we're going to put a link to your website, which is miser and more miser with a Z um, dot com. So we'll put a link to that in the show notes and anything else you guys want in there. Uh, thanks for sharing all your wisdom with us today. I know people are going to be really interested and we appreciate you being on. Thank you so much for Thank having me. Thank you so much. Pleasure. Fun to on. talk to you. Absolutely. All right, I hope you've enjoyed that. Uh, you can find out more about them on their website. Uh, the music is just delightful for The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Uh, it actually came out last week. We had a little delay in getting everything together and edited with the music clips and all that, but really appreciate them being on and sharing their wisdom about writing for a big hit TV show. Uh, we're going to play one more song. It's called They Came, They Danced. We'll end with that. Hope you will check out Songtown, songtown.com. We have links in the show notes to different books we've written about songwriting. Uh, and I hope that you have a great week in whatever creative pursuit you're up to. Welcome back. Your cabin's ready. The famous families, the up and comer. They all were here to be romance. The days were